0: Recorded live by the woman who's growing more than anyone could have expected recently and in all good ways. My name is Bill Satry, and I'm the big voice of Transformation Thursday podcast. Because Amy still has some mystical hold over me, I'm still doing these announcements pro bono for the coolest podcast host, who is also a mental health therapist and stand-up comedian. It's Transformation Thursday, hosted by Amy Stevens.
1: Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. My name is Amy Stevens and as promised in the introduction, we have another fantastic interview this evening. I have with me the Senior Manager of Transgender Healthcare from Trillium Health here in Rochester, Patrick Pitoni joining us tonight. Hi, Patrick. Good to see you. Amy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. It's always wonderful to see you. You know, you and I have quite a long history as far as my journey goes, don't we?
2: Yes, we do. Yes.
1: (laughs) I remember walking into Trillium Health back in 2007, no, 2018, I think, and wondering what I was going to do with myself and wondering if I could really be transgender and yet look at Look at me now. Thanks to you and everybody over there at Trillium. You know, you really put me on the right path to blossom into my true self. So thank you very much.
2: Sure. I'd I'd only been there a year at that point.
1: Yeah. We were talking about that beforehand. You know, when you started with the program back in 2017, the, the program was known here locally within the community. And you said 200 people were in care about that time.
2: Well, when I started, we had 200 patients, and I didn't know how I was going to do that. I thought, that's a lot of people to keep track of. That's a lot of people to manage. And now, over six years later, we have tw- almost 2,200. So really
1: would you say that most of those people are local? But I've also seen a lot of people moving into New York State and even Rochester to seek out trans-affirming health care. So are most of these people local, regional? What are you seeing for trends right now?
2: Right now we're seeing most of them are coming from other states or some are coming into Rochester to go to college. So we have a lot of college students that come in and they, they get to be themselves for the first time away from their parents. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of people. We have to see people within New York State, but we have had people moving here or driving from Pennsylvania to come to an appointment at Trillium, five hours. I mean, it's kind of, it's sad when you think about it, but at least they're getting care.
1: Now, is Pennsylvania a state that has banned. Trans affirming healthcare, or is it just hard to find providers there?
2: It's just hard to find providers. And these particular patients thinking of are ones that are in rural Pennsylvania and can't get anything, can't even find someone to uh, prescribe hormones.
1: Yeah. And people don't understand the geography of Pennsylvania. You have Philadelphia on the southeast corner, and then you have the Pittsburgh area on the far west side of the state. And there's this huge chunk in the middle that actually. Driving distance wise for those folks, Rochester is going to make a lot more sense than driving to one of the big cities in Pennsylvania, then, right?
2: Exactly. And we have people coming from the Finger Lakes. And, you know, we're the biggest program between here and New York City. There's a program in Buffalo also, but it's a little bit smaller. But Syracuse, as far as I know, doesn't have a program right now. So that's why we're getting so many patients. A lot of people are going online because one of the I do all of the intakes with the new patients that come in before the provider sees them. So I'm the first person that they meet. And one of the questions I ask is, what, how did you hear about Trillium? And they'll tell me they went on the internet and found informed consent clinic, or they met friends online and they said, move to Rochester, because we have Transcare, we have Trillium. Because I was surprised the first time I heard, I'd asked someone a couple of years ago, they came from Alabama. And I said, what brought you to Rochester? And they said Trillium. And I thought, came all the way, for, that doesn't make sense. But then they explained to me that they met someone online, a friend, and they said, come to Rochester, we have Trillium. So they picked up and moved here and created a new family because they weren't getting any support where they were, and especially medical support. So it, it's a lot of people have moved here for that reason.
1: Well, and I would say in the last couple of years, that's only accelerated, right? I mean, I would assume you're seeing people from wide variety of states that have passed trans-affirming health bans.
2: Yes, Texas, Florida, places like that, especially. Yeah, quite a few, quite a few patients coming from all over the place. And the, you know, I always say, well, it's sad that you had to come that far, but I'm glad that you're here. Yeah.
0: Did you know that most social media and podcast platforms do not monetize queer content and that it takes money and time to host, edit and market a podcast in an effort to not rely on advertising internet search giants, and huge social media platforms who rule the metaverse. We are taking our pitch directly to you, the listener, of Transformation Thursday. In an effort to get Transformation Thursday out to those interested in the stories and lives of the trans and gender diverse community, head over to TransformationThursday.com, where you will find the podcast Patreon page to support Transformation Thursday financially. Patreon levels start at five dollars a month that's it five dollars a month to help get transformation thursday out to those interested in understanding the trans and gender diverse community direct your favorite browser to TransformationThursday.com and become a patreon today
1: well and how has that changed the face of your practice and what you do there we're starting to keep track
2: because new york state asked us how many people are coming here from other states and we didn't have an answer because you get busy and you just you just keep continue doing what you're doing. We didn't think to stop and keep track. And now we're starting starting to keep track. Myself, the provider that I work with mostly, if we if everyone see them first, we're put we have a, something in our medical system where we can at least keep track, just so we all know, you know, that information. Not that we're gonna use it for anything, but New York State said that they could use it for things, you know, the, yeah. so the controllers. So that's good.
1: Well, and I think it would be interesting to see, too, as, you know, time goes on, you know, where these other, you know, where folks are coming from and tracking that and targeting. I don't know if you target advertising or whatever, but I would imagine at this point people are just showing up and saying Trillium's here. I want, you know, I need care. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, with that growth, I mean, how long is it taking now for somebody to get an intake with you to get into the pipeline and, you know. If somebody said today, I want hormones, and I'm going to call Patrick and Trillium, what's that timeline looking like? Well, it's
2: even better than it used to be because I increased my patient visits. It's been a little more difficult, but I can keep up. As long as I can keep up, I'm fine. Uh, Yeah. Now it's taking about a week to get in to see me. Okay. And then it takes, from there, it takes maybe a week and a half or two weeks to be able to get in to see the provider. So it's not too bad. We not, we don't want people waiting too long because, when, you know,
1: quicker. That's actually quicker than when I went through in 2018, because I decided in May that I wanted to really start looking at these things more seriously. And then I had to meet with you a couple of times and then the provider. And then that was like July that, you know finally when I got hormones, uh, you know, July 11th of 2018. I know that's a day that's etched in your memory too, Patrick.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the nice thing is now is we're doing a lot of video visits. So that really cuts down the time. And my time is the same. I spend as much time with a patient as they need because my time is not chargeable because I'm not licensed. So they can, I just listen, I talk, you know, I don't rush anyone. But then as far as, Providers because they're doing video, it's a little quicker. Yeah. It's easier for the patient also because they don't always have to come in unless they want to.
1: How many providers do you have now?
2: We have we have around 10 or 12 providers, but only Bill Schaefer does most of the trans care now. Yeah. And then we also have a pediatrician that does trans care at Science Parkway. Yeah. Uh, she's, been, she's been there for quite a while. But we also have other providers, if they're seeing a patient for primary care, a lot of times they'll do the trans care also. Just because it's easier for the patient. And the patient only has to see one provider that way. So there are other providers doing trans care within Trillium. And we all, you know, use the same standards of care. And we all, you know, Bill Schaefer just happens to be the expert in trans care because he started the program in 2013. Yeah, so Bill's
1: Bill's a heck of a guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, sure.
2: actually, I actually report to him. So he's great. I like all right,
1: him. well, if you say yeah. anything wrong, I know who I'm calling.
2: That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: Do you know how to edit audio or are you a whiz at social media marketing? If you are, Transformation Thursday would like to speak to you. Currently, the podcast is looking for volunteers to assist in editing the podcast for audio distribution and someone to create and schedule social media posts on Facebook and Instagram. Please contact Amy Stevens on Facebook or Instagram if you are interested in volunteering.
1: Well, and and you go back to things here and, you know, we've seen how trans healthcare has boomed here locally. But I mean, you live here in our community as well in Rochester. I mean, and I think I've seen it. I mean, at least, you know, in the, in the six, seven years that I've come out and now live full time authentically as myself. But don't you feel like our community is getting better because of the different representation that's here now? I think it
2: is. And I pulled a report recently, which I hadn't done before, about five months ago, and I found out that a third of our patients are non-binary. A third. A third. So that was encouraging to me because people are getting to be themselves. They're being whatever that means, however they're affirming their gender. But we we you know we we still see non-binary patients just like anyone else. We we you know we meet people where they are. So we provide care, we provide whatever they need. But I was surprised it was a third. You know, I I noticed in the last three or four years that we're seeing a lot more non-binary patients than we had before, but now all that, you know.
1: Well, and that brings up something because, you know, I live a very trans-binary experience. You know, I went, you know, I did my transition and I live day to day as a, as who I am as a woman, you know, now the outside matches the inside and, but my gender presentation and everything, the way I approach life is very binary. You know, any stories or any composites or things, because I think that's one of the things a lot of people, even even from my perspective that I don't you know, what does that look like for a non-binary experience in their day to day lives of hormones or transition or non-transition or just kind of like what does that look like for them?
2: Yeah, So we really meet people where they are and they all have different goals, like a patient will come in and they may want top surgery if they're a trans, they, they identify as non-binary But we have to also say transmasculine because, unfortunately, insurance companies won't pay for top surgery unless we have masculine in the letter. So it's kind of still, you know, it's iffy. But they don't have; they may not want to go on hormones. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Man, two years ago it wasn't okay. Two years ago, the insurance companies wouldn't pay for it unless they were on hormones for a year. But I talked. I was. I was actually. Luckily, they asked me at Excellus to look at their policy at one point and say, is there anything on here you don't like? And I said, yeah, that's not fair for people to have to go on testosterone if they don't want it. They may not want the other effects that come with it. So they, they actually changed that. And because Excellus changed it, a lot of other insurance companies changed it too. So it makes it easier for people. And then some people come in and they just, they, they do want hormones, but they never want surgeries. So it's really a, they just pick what they want because not everyone has the same goals. And I always tell people, don't have surgery unless you need it, because, I mean, if it's causing you dysphoria and it's going to make you and it's going to make you feel better then you know, have whatever you want, but don't have it because you feel like you have to, you know, for for society or or even the community.
1: Yeah. Now you're talking a lot from the trans masculine side. But what about on the trans femme side? I mean, I, I had somebody once reach out to me and this was three, four years ago. So I don't know if this has changed as well, where. They wanted bottom surgery, but they never wanted to go on estrogen.
2: That, that's still an issue because the, the the insurance companies are still going by the WPAS standards, which were relaxed recently, but not for bottom surgery. That's mm-hmm. still one that they have to be on hormones for sometimes one or two years, depending. So it's very difficult because I feel like I'm disappointing the patients when I tell them that. But I always warn them because we've had patients go to Mount Sinai in New York City for a consultation and then find out that the insurance wouldn't even cover the consultation. And then they had a $500 bill that they were responsible for. So I try and tell, I try and talk to patients ahead of time and say, just call your insurance company and find out what's going to be covered before you go any further. Just so you're covered and safe, you know, that you don't end up with a big bill. Because a lot of our patients can't afford it. They can't afford to end up with a bill like that. You
1: know? Yeah, I was going to say, how I would imagine a huge percentage of your patients are Medicaid patients, and it's correct.
2: Probably quite a few. I mean, a lot of our patients are college students, which are just fine.
1: Yeah, Other
2: patients that aren't. But the other thing that we're doing a lot of now with non-binary patients is microdosing. dosing. Okay. So we're just giving a half a dosage. And in the case of a trans feminine identified non-binary person, they may want to go on estrogen, but they may not want the spironolactone, the blocker. So they may not see much happening with that because testosterone is so strong, it overpowers everything. But Actually, with the estrogen, they may feel better emotionally that they're doing something, you know, and it may affect them emotionally, but they may not see much, but they can always bump it up if they want to later. You know, we always.
1: And that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't realize that with the hormone replacement therapy is that the first effects of it are emotional and Mm -hmm. psychological. And so I think understanding that and helping people get through those initial processes is really important. So.
0: This is Bill Satry, the big voice of Transformation Thursday, and I'm here to remind you that what you're listening to is copyrighted material, all rights reserved 2024. But if you want to share an episode on social media and you won't get paid doing so, go for it. You can find Transformation Thursday online by searching for at TransThursPod on Facebook and Instagram. On Apple and Spotify podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. It's free and does help get Transformation Thursday to a larger audience.
1: You know, last time I checked over at Trillium, are you guys all still doing mental health care as well? Or where's that at right now? No,
2: well, we are. We're, we don't have a lot of availability. But we I do have a list of therapists that I give to patients if they can't. We have Jeff Dalko, who has been there for years, but is only working part-time now. He went into private practice, so it's really cut his time back. But we still refer people to him, people like him. But a lot of times patients will just need a surgery letter Yeah, to see a therapist for that. So I will send them the list that I have. I have a lot of resources that I've accumulated over the years. And our therapist list is all area therapists, and they're all trans-friendly. They're all LGBTQ-friendly. And then some of the people on the staff are actually trans themselves. Are non-binary, which is nice because it's nice that trans people are taking care of other trans people. You know, it's really a nice thing to. I go to a conference in Boston once a year. It's a transgender conference for Harvard.
1: And oh wow! We, Take me yeah, with you.
2: Yeah, and we have a separate group that meets. We have our own. We have our own workshop and our own, op, like an open house thing that we we all get together. And it's nice because I'm with surgeons that are trans and nurses and doctors and even you know care managers and therapists. And we all just talk about our experience in in the trans community, you know, as far as being trans. So it's really a good thing to go to. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I let you know about that.
1: Yeah, let me know. I'd definitely be up for that. And you know, and I'm coming up in the, in a few weeks here on the podcast. We're actually going to have a trans neurologist on the podcast. Wow. And th- and she's in Albany right now. She and she moved here, so we get to tease that episode a little bit. So be. Watching out well, for that. Come well, a funny,
2: back, a funny back thing is that I met her at a trans conference in Boston a few years ago.
1: Oh, well, you know what I'm talking about then.
2: Before COVID. Yeah, I met her before COVID and, you know, we're friends now. But, yeah, it's, it, it's, that's how you meet people from all over.
1: Yep. yep. Well, and it's a shame, too, because, you know, she moved here from a state that banned trans-affirming healthcare. Yeah. And, you know, so and they were in an area that was very well populated, but only had a couple neurologists. So because mm. the state legislature there enacted anti-trans legislation, she decided with her family to up and move to, you know, to Albany. And so, I mean, these laws have consequences way beyond just banning health care.
2: I don't think they realize the repercussions of all this, too. You know when they when you put this legislation in, I mean, you're losing a lot of good people. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, and I was I was talking to a healthcare provider in Ohio, and Ohio's passed, you know, a trans healthcare ban. It was vetoed, but of course, you know, Ohio has a supermajority Republican legislature, so waiting to see if that override veto will be override. But you know, her point was is that these healthcare bans scare providers away. What are you going to target next? Right. You know, and so right. a lot of providers will skip going to some of these red states and go to states that are more friendly towards, you know, trans and women's healthcare overall. So, you know, you start, I think we'll start to see more and more of that over the next couple of years as these laws come into effect. Yeah. I think
2: Re- Rochester is becoming like a refuge too for trans people, it seems. I'm involved with the Rainbow Union, and we have a group that started, and the Rainbow Union is kind of facilitating it, but it's a group where a person comes here, and they may not have a job, they may not have, they want to know what schools to put their kids in, you know, so we're trying to give them resources, and, and trying to put lists together, also healthcare, I mean, healthcare is easy, because you just can call, you know, one of the, either Trillium or one of the big healthcare facilities here, but as far as finding a job, you don't always know where to go, just you know, or our housing. Right? Yeah. You're here with without anything.
1: Yeah, and you said Rochester's become well known, and you're starting to get some press, Pat- Patrick Petoni. Yes, I you're, am. You're going, you're going global. I mean, The Guardian.
2: I know. I didn't realize when, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize when the when the when when the person called me and wanted to know if they could do an interview. They were pitching different magazines. We didn't know where it was going to go, and then end up going to like ten different magazines, and The Guardian was one of them. So, yeah, so that was interesting. (laughs) Good thing I didn't say anything wrong.
1: No, I mean, I read the article. It's (laughs) fantastic. So, I mean, Rochester is really, but I think we're seeing this across, you know, the Midwest and the Northeast and the West Coast. I mean, Portland is a, Portland and Seattle are definitely draws for trans people. I've seen people move from, you know, Southern states to Portland. I've seen people move here. I've seen, I've heard of people moving to, you know, Peoria, Illinois, Chicago, you know, I mean, so, and I've seen people, especially moving from Florida up here to New York state. So I and mean, they're, they're cold coming from all over.
2: Yeah. And then they're cold.
1: So, well, I mean, you come for the trans healthcare and you stay yeah. for winter weather. That's right.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> On a cold 19 degree night. So,
2: so we're seeing about four new patients. I see 16 patients. I see around around 16 patients a week, new patients.
1: Okay.
2: And we're seeing around four a week between myself and Bill Schaefer that are coming from other states. So, so a
1: quarter of the people that you're seeing are new to the state and they're they're escaping other states that just don't have the health care available or it's been banned.
2: Yes. And I, I can see that increasing, too, because a lot of people don't want to move in the winter. <laughs> so I can see that increasing in the future because I'm getting I get phone calls from all over the place and emails asking about trans care at, at Trillium and they're coming from it. So I can see it increasing. So I have to get some help pretty soon.
1: So. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate what you guys do here in the community. It's pretty stinking amazing. And, you know, as a therapist, who's on your list of therapists, I do appreciate it. I've picked up a couple of referrals. So thank you very much. Sure. But I mean, but what's, but where do you guys go from here then?
2: Well, we're hoping in the future, our- Dream or my dream, our dream together is to have a a one central location where we can have a trans center where Mm -hmm. someone can walk in, they're in one waiting room with other people that they identify with. We already have, we already opened up a GYN clinic and a pediatric clinic about three years ago over at Science Parkway. Yeah. And so we're seeing trans masculine people for internal exams and things like that, hysterectomies. So they're coming into Trillium to a small waiting room where it's just them. And they're because you can imagine being a trans male and going to an OBGYN practice, and you're sitting there with pregnant women and women in general, cis females, and they're looking at you like, what are you doing here? Where's your girlfriend? Where's your wife? What, you know? And then you get called up to the desk by maybe the de- the wrong name. Yeah. And it becomes a nightmare and you never go back. Yeah. So Bill and I were noticing a few years ago that we were having patients come in that hadn't had an internal exam in 10 years. And it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. So we opened up the GYN practice and everyone is on the same page as the Monroe Avenue Trillium, obviously. And then we're seeing younger trans kids at, at the pediatric practice.
1: What's the youngest that you treat?
2: The youngest that we treat for hormones is 17. 17? If they're young, if they're younger than that, they can still see Dr. Contour with their parent. They've got to have a parent with them up in, until they're 18. But they, Dr. Contra will sit down with them and make a plan for the future. Okay. Like, how is it going at school? Have you changed your pronouns? Is this your preferred name? You know, and get the parents so that they're invested. So they're all on the same page. It makes the child feel like at least somebody's listening, even because we're not doing blockers at this point. We're thinking about it maybe next year. But right now we haven't been providing that.
1: Well, and I would say, you know, I know a lot of trans... And gender diverse kids that start coming out maybe, you know, in late high late middle school or you know, like early in the high school years, by that point the puberty blockers are irrelevant because the puberty ship is already sailed. But so,
2: so if we have a child that's younger and they want to go on puberty blockers, we just tell them to go to, to the strong adolescent clinic. Okay, hospital. Yep. So we have a we have a good working relationship with strong.
1: That's Dr. Greenberg and her practice, right? Yes,
2: yes. And then they send, when when the children age out over there, they send them over to us. So it's a good working relationship. Yep, they're very good there.
1: Yeah. I met Kate before on WXXI. I was on connections with her a few years back, and she's been on the podcast. She's definitely does some good work over there at Strong.
2: They do, yep. Yep. They definitely do. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I, I think... I mean, anything else we need to cover tonight? I don't think so. No. If
2: anyone so. if anyone wants, you know, access TransCare, they just call the main number, make an appointment with myself and Bill Schaefer and go from there.
1: Yeah.
2: I meant to mention, even if someone's just questioning and they just want information, they can just call and make an appointment with just me for an intake. And it's like I said, it's, there's no charge associated with it.
1: And wow, that's have, amazing.
2: Yeah. And they don't even have to see the provider if they don't want to yet. You know, if they just want information because we always tell people, you know, it's really, it's an individual journey. I mean, they may want to talk to me and then wait six months before they come back. There's no rush, but we're here to help. That's all. So, well, thanks for being me on.
1: Well, no, and I want to follow up with that. I mean, on my own personal experience, it's like when I started going to Trillium early in 2018, you know, there was no pressure, you know, there, it was, you know, doctor made a recommendation, but Hey, if you want to do this, great. If not, you know, you can sit on it, you know, and there's never any pressure from you to do anything. There's never any pressure from Bill to do anything. You know, it was, you know, my timeline was, I started coming out, you know, spring of 2017. And then it took me, you know, roughly 15 plus months to make that decision to get on the hormone. So, I mean, I had my own very specific timeline and. And I never felt pushed by anybody at Trillium, so I mean I can validate every part of what you said this evening. Yeah, and the
2: one thing I wanted to mention, we had, I had a patient two weeks ago that was seventy, and I always tell patients it's never too late to be yourself.
1: No, I've I remember reading an article seeing a World War II vet a few years ago that like just started low dose estradiol because she was like, you know what, if I could have if I could have did this in the '40s, I would have done it you know, better late than never type of thing. So yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. So well, Patrick Petoni, thank you very much for Transformation Thursday tonight.
0: Thank you for listening to another wandering yet informative episode of Transformation Thursday. The podcast is produced and hosted by Amy Stevens. Until we all assemble again from the land of 10,000 lakes, my name is Bill Satry, the big voice of Transformation Thursday. Good night, everyone.